we <clears throat> we've all taken the decorations down I guess we have although there's one house across the road bless them uh, the ladies from Estonia and I guess she's still uh, she's still celebrating the epiphany because the decorations are still up but the cards have come down and those cards that have uh, that, that uh, carried a little message sometimes they're the warm greetings aren't there and then there are the cards with that have just got a little a little message in them little something uh, regarding the year that's passed and I save them. There are three this year. I'll save them and I'll put them. And they're an encouragement onto next year. But then there's the, then there's the new, year, new Year's uh, letter that we get that's looking forward. Did you get one? No? Well, I've got news for you. You got mail. Chris, come and read the letter to them. Because every one of us has got mail this morning. Morning. I'm reading from 2 Peter chapter 1. It's the New Living Translation. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Saviour. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this <clears throat> by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvellous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, Work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Chris, would you pray verse 2 over all of us again? 
please. The benediction that Paul, uh, that, uh, that Peter brought. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chris. This time of the year, it's, uh, and we're good at looking back, aren't we? And uh, we're good, and it's good to look back, it's good to recall what God has done. It's brilliant to, to, to keep note and to not to forget what God has done for us, and where he's brought us to. But uh, let's not get stuck there, let's, uh, our reading this morning is, looks forward. I didn't, I didn't choose this reading, this reading chose me. When we were given this date, I was thinking, what do we, what do we do? And this caught hold of me, and I couldn't shake it off. I looked at several other things, but I couldn't shake this off. And then when, uh, having had the last two weeks, Chris bringing the, the name of Jesus to us over these last two weeks, it, just, it was just a, a total confirmation uh, that, uh, of what, uh, what we should do today. Is this letter to you? Do you share? Do you share the, uh, the, the, uh, the message that this, uh, that this letter brings? Do you share the same precious faith? Count yourself in, are you a recipient? And you might say, well, no, it's not. Uh, I don't, at the moment, I don't share it. If you, if you sat here this morning and you don't share that faith, and you say, it's not addressed to me. Before you, before you write on it, return to sender, address unknown, uh, keep hold of it. Because you could find that you're meant to see it this morning because every, circumstance, every sentence, every word shouts out, look at me, see me. Not with your eyes, but with the, the eyes of your spirit, the eyes of your heart. You know, we live... We live in an age where faith and the meaning of faith has been seriously and tragically messed up. It's seen so often as subjective. You know, my personal, it's my personal thing. It's my personal thoughts, my personal feelings. It's essentially me and I've, I'm doing it my way and perhaps as a result of that faith has become in some quarters tenuous and uncertain I can't be sure but I hang on in faith and they probably say it without that sort of inflection I hang on in faith yeah by contrast, the faith that we find in Scripture, the faith that the Bible brings to us, it is, is rooted in God. It's his gift and his work in us. Since God is utterly, utterly trustworthy, faith can be utterly, utterly sure. It's not something that we conjure up. It's something that God uh, gives to us. 
And he gives it to us complete and whole. He doesn't drip feed it to us a little bit at a time. You get this bit and then I'll, then I'll take you on to the next chapter and, and, I'll, and I'll give you some more. He gives it to us whole and complete and glorious in just the same way that he gave it to Simon Peter. And we know Simon Peter. We know the, the stuff that he got into. And I, I, lo- I love Simon Peter, don't you? He's the, one that, he's the one that jumps forward, isn't he? He's the one that jumped out of the boat when, when they saw Jesus on the, on the shore and uh, he, left the, he, he left the others to pull the nets in. You know, you get on with the heavy stuff, guys. I'm going in to see Jesus. You know, and, and, then, and then Peter, then Peter, we, we know, was the one that... I, I, when Peter looked at Jesus and Jesus looked at Peter at the cross... And there was that that passed between them when Peter had denied Jesus three times. And then Jesus comes back to him, back at him on the beach for a barbecue after the resurrection. And he says, Simon Peter, do you love me? And he says to you and I this morning again, do you love me? Do you share in this faith? Do you share what what I have brought you? It's a gift. It's a gift, this faith. It's a gift to be welcomed and accepted and lived out in all its inspirational fullness. I look back in order that I can look forward. The end of that reading that Chris brought to us wasn't the end of the, the, end of the letter, it goes on, but it talks about having a, a welcome into the eternal kingdom. We are a people who are looking forward. We have somewhere to go. And we know who's there waiting for us. And we know who will walk with us along the wayside as well. Do you know, I, it's, it's all of God. It's all of God's doing. I, I don't know what you watched over Christmas, but we, um, there was one program that was recommended to, uh, to us, and it, it was brilliant. It, uh, it, what does Christmas mean to you? And it was Adrian Charles, who, who's a sports uh, commentator, a journalist, uh, broadcaster. And he was interviewing, he interviewed three, three different lots of people. And uh, he, uh, he inter- interviewed uh, Motsi Mabuti from uh, Strictly Come Dancing. I just mentioned that to, um, uh, to, for those of you who are Strictly fans. He, he, interdu- he interviewed her as to what Christmas meant to her. He, he, he interviewed uh, Jon Snow. Um, not John Snow. John Simpson. It is a team, see? It is a team. Bless you. <laughs> he interviewed uh, John Simpson. That was, do you know, that was lovely. Do you know, that, that, that was a real boost to my, to my prayer life, that was. Um, because uh, John Simpson, uh, in, talking, in talking about it, he said, what, did, what does Christmas mean to you? He said, well, I love that carol, uh, Once in Royal David City, and they, they got, a, got, a choir, got some people to sing it for him. He said, he said it, it brings tears to my eyes. He said, I, for 30 years, I've reported on war situations. And uh, he, said, I, I, I've, he said, in all of that, he said, that, that carol brings tears to my eyes. And he said, and I hear the nativity story. And, 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 he, and he said, in all, standing in these war situations, that story rings true. 
When I'm trying to pray for Ukraine, when I'm trying to pray for, for the Middle East, when, that, that was a real boost to my prayer life. Thank you. Thank you, John, for that. But the one that I want to tell you about, take you back a bit. Those of, those of you who remember the, the pop scene in the 80s, Those of you who had your, you, who's, who, your children were getting you to dance around the front room to Spando Ballet or, or Wham, yeah? <laughs> right, well, Adrian Charles interviewed Martin and Shirley Kemp. And Shirley said, um, she said, I, she said I've, always been, I've been searching for something all of my life. I've been searching. There's been something that I, I was sure that, that, that I was missing. And she said, I, I, it went on, she said, I, I kept on. And then one day, my life hit a real bump in the road. This was during, during her, her, her pop career when things were going swimmingly. She said, I hit a big bump in the road. She said, and a Buddhist, a Buddhist came along. A Buddhist friend came and befriended me. She said, and I, she said, for, for some time, I looked into Buddhism. And that was the thing. She said, I looked into it. But she said, I decided that it wasn't for me. She said, and then one day I was stood in my kitchen. She said, and I was suddenly aware of something happening in me. She said, and I realized that it was God. I realized that it was God. And God was doing what I couldn't, all my searching. She said, this, the search, she said, I know now it says seeking, you'll find. She said, we, and we seek in various places. But she said, I, God found me. God came to me. She said, and it was like nothing else on earth. Well, we know, we believe that the Holy Spirit, this is the Holy Spirit's work. And she, and she acknowledged that, that it was the work of the Holy Spirit. Our faith is a gift. It's a work of God in us. I can learn about it. I can, I can know this inside out. But if I don't know the author, if I don't know the Jesus of this, I don't know nothing. You know, it, the, the gift of faith is primarily the revealed truth of God summed up and expressed in one name, the name that Chris was talking about the last two weeks, the name of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. When I became a Christian, when, I be when we become a Christian, and, and we, uh, just as a, we acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, so I take on board for the journey, the revealed truth of God, as whole, complete, authoritative and absolutely liberating. Truth is, has been under fire from the very beginning. The truth of God has been under fire from the very beginning. The, the, Peter, the Apostle Peter, is, this is what he's up against in, in, this, in this letter, this whole letter, that others have, that people have come into the church and they've started speaking untruths. The people around them were speaking untruths. They were distorting the word of God. Our stand is for the truth. 
the truth that is in you, that Jesus changed your life out of all recognition, that he did something radical in you that you could have never done for yourself. I thrill to the testimony of people when they share their testimony, what God has done for me. And yes, not, not just at the beginning when, when, he, when he first entered the life, but what he did for you last week, what he did for you yesterday. As followers of Jesus Christ, we share this precious faith and we're living in the truth of what he has done for us. That God's Holy Spirit is resident in us, resident in you and me. Let's read on. Verse 3, we read these words. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We haven't received all of this by coming to, we have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Peter, your letter. Can we catch up with you for coffee? Yeah, sure. Peter, this is a fantastic claim. You're saying, what you're saying, what you've written is that, that the divine power and goodness and glory of Jesus are so great that when he calls us, he gives us everything we need to live this Christian life? Yep. To be holy? Yep. To be like him? Too right. To serve him? Spot on. To stand fire under pressure, to have courage. To be salt and light in the world. Yep. Everything we could ever need. Hmm. Hmm. Surely, if that were really true then, Peter, Christians would be much more effective in the world. But it's true. Absolutely no lack in God's provision. He wants us Christ-like and effective. He knows what, to, uh, what, to, what, take, what it takes to make us like that. And he's got all the power and the resources in the universe. And he's committed to giving good gifts to his people. Matthew 7, is it? God is, Jesus said, God will give good gifts to his people. There is no shortfall. Then, then what's wrong then, Peter? What's, what, what's gone wrong? What's, uh, uh, what are you saying? That in any situation, opportunity, challenge, problem, suffering and temptation, all we need is there for us in Jesus, in the name of Jesus? Yep. But it's down to us as to whether or not we accept what he gives. It's the same as faith, Peter says. Same as faith. We can choose to see faith as primarily depending on us. In which case, I don't know about you, but in which case, faith will 
generally be pretty small and weak. Or we can see it as something rooted in him, as his gift to us. And that's making it amazingly strong. I get it, Peter. Thanks for the coffee. You know, we can choose. We can choose to live the Christian life depending on our own paltry resources. Or we can go with what God has already provided and consciously draw everything that's necessary from him. It's our call. It's our call. You know, you ask Peter, well, what went wrong? How did you, uh, how did you fall out with the Apostle Paul? How did you, what happened when you were watching Jesus at the cross? So, well, yeah, that's because I was, face, I was facing those situations in my own strength. Well, my own strength, my own weakness. We have to choose. It's a choice. Whether we use, go with God's resources or go with our own. And so often we, so often our first poor to call is our own, our own resources before we think, yeah, we need, we need to get God in on this. I'm at the head of the queue for that. I like to be able to fix things. Spent a lot of my life fixing cars. Like to be able to fix things. But do you know the first port of call has to be God. In all things. Whether it's whether it's DIY at home or or, or, or whatever, or whether it's something much deeper. Peter says, there are promises made to us. Yeah, promises, promises, yeah. We've all had promises. Promises that that guy would come and, uh, come and look at our, uh, our central heating and he never turned up. Promises that this, that, and the other. We all know, that, we all know the promises that have uh, been broken. All I ever get is promises. But these are no hollow promises. Hear this. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. God has declared the word of truth over your life. He has declared a word of truth over every one of us. He has spoken valuable promises over us. We need to know them. We need to know what he said. Because if we pray according to the promises of God, he will not nor cannot run contrary to them. I don't know about in your house, but Sunday evenings, it's a relax, usually. An antiques roadshow comes on. 
And one of the things, and they, they, if you don't watch Antiques Roadshow, people bring stuff along and uh, they, they, they're, they're, they, they delve into the history of things. Uh, and uh, and then, then, then the bit that they're waiting for, for the, for the expert to put a price on it. You know, somebody brings along, somebody brings along a, a lovely necklace or something like this, and they give a bit of history. Uh, but what they're itching to get at is, what's it going to bring me in? What, what's, what's, what's the price on it? What's, what's this watch going to be worth? Do you know, one of the things that the, uh, that the experts often say uh, about, these, uh, about these things, about these antiques, is, do you wear it? Do you use it? And often the answer is, well, no, it, it will go back in the box when we get home and it'll go back in the drawer and, and, and that'll be it and we'll, we'll keep it safe. Is this what we do sometimes with the promises of God? We put them back in the box and we keep them safe. They're, they're in our Bible, our Bible's safe beside the bed, whatever, wherever we keep it, you know. Do you wear it? Do you use it? The promises of God are invaluable. They're, they're more than an essential reading for every Christian. It's the pain this week again. Did you watch the news? Did you hear the news that there is a, a church that is in trouble again? A mega church that is in trouble? Peter says, we can't escape those sort of troubles that, that, bring, that bring Christians down the, the, into the dirt, the, the sin and the scandal that leaves lies in ruins, that, leaves, that drags the church in the dust, in the dirt, and, and, and mocks the name of Jesus all over again. He said we can avoid that through the promises of God. The promises of God are tools to be used. Jesus, the promises that Jesus gave us, they are, they are tools to be used every day if we want to live in sweet agreement with God our Father and Jesus his Son. This letter fairly crackles, I believe, with inspiration for a new year. As I say, I didn't, I didn't pick it out for that. It picked me out. But as I read this, this is something I'm going to carry with me through this year. Just reminding me again of what has been given to me in Jesus. I, do you know, I, I, I had a problem when I, came, when I read this version, and I came to that word, supplement your faith. Supplement your faith. I, okay. I, it's one of the things about reading different versions of the Bible that, that you, you get different angles. I, 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 I equate it with, with a diamond, that you, you pick up a diamond and you turn it around and it glints from all angles. And, and different versions will give you a different glint and help you to understand the truth. Supplement your, your, uh, your faith, it says. First thing that when it came into my mind is one of the shops we, we, we go into in Torquay is, is Holland and Barrett. I'm not advertising, I've got no shares in them. But we go in there because I like their ginger. I love their ginger. But in there, there are these big tubs 
for people who want to be the muscle people uh, and uh, the the uh, uh, the the uh, you know the the supplement for your health diet supplement your supplement your faith you know it's not about making up a shortfall as if God hasn't quite filled your bucket. Rather, it's a, it's, a, it's a call to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and be fired by a vision that will not be satisfied with anything less than, than growth, than continuous progress in our Christian lives and our character. I have... It's been relegated to, relegated to the shelf now above, above my desk. A very precious Bible. It's precious for two reasons. One, it was a, it was a gift from my beloved here. Uh, and um, I, I don't say that to, to make up for, for, the, for the earlier error. <laughs> and my, and I, I publicly apologize for that now and, and, and bless. But I, I wanna, do, you know what, do you know what crossed my mind? I, I, I sat there and I thought, Rain skipped something here. And you know, I was reprimanded. Don't get in the way of the Holy Spirit. We can get in the way of the Holy Spirit. Anyway, going back to my Bible. It's, it's, it's got pretty chatty now. It's been, it's, it's been held together by gaffer tape for, for some while. But there are so many, there's so many notes in there that I've, that I've penciled in at various times over the years so many things that have meant so much to me that have, have enlightened the passage or, or whatever. But, you know, as I thought about it, and, and I changed over, I, I changed from an NIV, nearly infallible version, to, to the New Living Translation. But as I did that, it occurred to me that if I'm not careful, some of those things that I've written in my Bible over many years, that I go back to time and time again, Take me back, and I don't get further than that. Where God is wanting to show to us new things out of his word time and time again. There is no end to what he's showing us out of his word. And that Bible, I thought, well, yeah, it could be a means of, of, of holding me back from looking, uh, from looking forward. I go, back to what, uh, I go back to what I knew and what I'd scribbled there. Do you know Romans 8? In Romans 8, God says in 28, uh, or verse 29, God says that uh, uh, his purpose is that we should become like Jesus. We should have an inner likeness of Jesus that marks out in our outer life. God has called you by name. He's called me by name. He is going to stick with us and he is gloriously going to complete what he started. He will complete, he will go on to the day of completion what he has started. I don't know about you, but for my part, that's some transformation. When I think what I have been and what he has done for me. There's a bigger heart beats within all of us than we realize. There's a bigger heart beats within you than you realize.
Time's going. As I looked at those last verses, eight to eleven, the more you grow like uh, more, the more that you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you've when you've added with the help of the Holy Spirit, when you when you've when you've when you've added to your life those things that, that Peter, and that's no way an exhaustive list. He said, work with the Spirit, allow the Spirit. What is the Spirit saying to us for this new year? Or are we putting, are we putting last year's CD in again and, 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 and having a rerun? Or are we looking for God to do something new in our lives this year? Is there, is there something like my old Bible that, that I have to let go of? Something I've been holding on to for donkey's years, perhaps. People have been kept out of church sometimes forever by something that happened at the cake stall 25 years ago. And they won't let go of it. And it's holding them up in their Christian life. There are things that, are, that hold us up. Is there something that we need to let go of at the beginning of this year in order that we press on to take hold of all that Jesus Christ took hold of us for? There is a bigger heart beats in you than you realize. You know, as we look at these, 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 last, these last verses, as you grow in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you are really among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you'll never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as I looked at that, I thought, this is, this is, this is summed up in, in that blessing that, 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 that I asked uh, um, to, uh, <laughs> Chris to, to speak over us. You know, the more that you know God, the more that you get to know God, It's not a benediction that is purely an expression of goodwill. It's a revelation. It's inclusive. And wherever any one of us is this morning on our faith journey, that benediction is spoken over you this morning. The more we learn of God, the more our preconceived ideas and our notions are dismantled. God dismantles those things if we will allow him. You give him free reign with what you're holding on to. The more we learn of God, the more our preconceived ideas are dismantled. And he offers in, his, in its place the how much more that he has. The how much more of God. I love those words. Matthew, again, come back to Matthew 7 uh, and Jesus says to the, to the disciples, you know, about giving a fish to, you, you, don't, you don't give a scorpion or a snake to, to your child when he asks for bread. You don't, uh, you, you give him something good. And he says, my father will give you the Holy Spirit. The how much more of my father. 
How much more do we want of God? How much more do we want of God for ourselves? How much more do we want of God for this fellowship? Perhaps ambition isn't a sacred word. But I don't know about you, but I I want to be ambitious for Jesus Christ. I want to hear more stories of, of people born again, call it what you like, but of lives changed. There were three words There were three words that came out of Christmas for me. Two of them were from something that Rose did, and and one was was from something that Chris did. On on the Nativity Sunday, before uh, when when the children took part, Rose was talking about the gift and the reason for the gift. And subsequent to that, Chris talked about courage. God gives the gift of faith for a reason. He has given you a gift of faith. If you have received that gift of faith, he's given it for you for a reason. Now, you've heard me say it before if you've been around very long. Jesus is not running a labor exchange. He's not in the labor market. He's not, he's, he's not looking for you and me to do what he can't do. God has called us, Jesus has called us to himself to change us, to transform us, to make him, make us like himself. What we do with him, not for him, what we do with him, what, in, in the work that we do, we work with him by the power of the Holy Spirit. He gives us faith for a reason, the, gifts of, gift, the gift of faith for a reason. As I finish, I want to say to you, Let's make sure, as we go into this year, maybe you want to make sure that our picture of God is big enough. That our experience of grace is deep enough. And not not only grace for ourselves, but the grace that we need to extend to other people. The grace that we need to walk through this world. The grace that we need when we're being shouted down. Now, let me take you back a minute to that, to that because I, I don't know whether you heard the news, but where was it? It was a huge church abroad that was caught up in yet another scandal. And you think, yeah, Lord, for your grace, for the people who were left behind, for the people who have been devastated by what has happened, for the people who, who, are, who are picking up the pieces, for the people who are carrying on. And you think, thank you that your grace is sufficient. Because Peter faced a similar thing in, his, in the church in his day. And here we are 2,000 odd years later and the church is strong. Let's never forget the church is strong. It's strong when it's in Jesus Christ. We have enough grace for us and grace to extend to others as well.
let's make sure our experience of grace is deep enough and that our understanding of the Holy Spirit's work is wide enough. We can do lots. We can do lots on our own. And we can leave the Holy Spirit in the corner. The Holy Spirit won't force his way in. But do we invite him to show us at the beginning of this year something more of ourselves, something more of what God wants for us? Am I ambitious for my Christian life this year? As I say, you can look back and we love to look back and it's good to look back and it's good to have, have the stories of what God has done. We also need to look forward. We, we need to look forward. And to do that, we need courage. Courage to stand for the truth when the people around us are ridiculing us. Courage to say, yes, I love Jesus. Jesus is mine. I know him as a friend, as a savior. Courage to stand with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in this world. May we know for sure the gift that we've been given, the reason that we've been given it, and the courage to work it out, to hold up the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you. We sing that song, Lord, we come to you. Let our lives be changed, renewed, flowing from the grace that we find in you. Yet, Lord, the, the words sometimes flow over us. May they flow through us. Lord, do a new thing. Lord, where there needs to be reigniting of the passion for you. Lord, send your spirit. Lord, where there needs to be a frank discussion with you, a frankness of where we are. Lord, give us the courage to be truthful. Lord, that we might take hold of that for which you have taken hold of us. Lord, from your glorious, unlimited resources, will you empower us with inner strength by your Holy Spirit to look out and to look forward and to press on, to take hold of that that is before us in Christ Jesus. Lord, grant us courage. Lord, give us confidence in your word. 
that we might glory in you as you glory in us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Maybe we're not good sometimes at talking to people, of opening up, of asking people to pray with us. It takes courage. If you need someone to pray with you today, please ask. If you need someone to talk with, just to talk with. Then tap someone on the shoulder and ask.